Hi, I'm Andalisi. And I'm Chef James Regalo. And in this episode of Essential Cooking, James and I talk with Dasmonique Carr, founder of Deeply Rooted Produce in Detroit. I first heard about Dasmonique's work when a colleague of mine at WDET, Anna Marie Seisling, did an in-depth interview with Dasmonique for WDET series Rooted. Dasmonique spoke with me and James about building a better, more accessible local food system for Detroiters through Deeply Rooted Produce. You are doing such incredible work in Detroit. How would you describe the work that you're doing? Um, I would say the work that I'm doing is a food evolution. Uh, <laughs> I learn about what I'm doing each and every year that I kind of go into reflection after the operational year. Um, and I definitely see that it is an evolution into a change of the food system that we participate in. Um, so, But Deeply Rooted Produce is a mobile grocery store, um, and that's the end goal where we're working on today. Yeah. How is it going with the mobile grocery store? I know that's a, a huge undertaking to make sure that you have a constant supply of food mm -hmm. and get it to the right people. Right. And that's your biggest goal is to get it to people who don't have right. access to a good secure food supply. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's going really well. We have a lot of great crops that we're growing this year in addition to aggregating from different local farmers and um, Western Michigan farmers as well. But the main focus is the hyper-local produce grown right here in Detroit. Um, we started our first, well, we had our first distribution this week. Actually, yesterday we were at Palmer Park Farmer's Market. The day before that, we were at Criterion Urban Farm, mm -hmm. harvesting strawberries and distributing those boxes. Um, so I'm just excited for a lo lot, a lot of fruit fruit to be distributed. Actually, that's my favorite. <laughs> you know, Dasmonique, one of the things that you said in your interview with Anna was it's something that I think about when I garden is um, getting my hands in the dirt without mm -hmm. the gloves on. Yes. And that was a very interesting thing to hear you say. Can you mm -hmm. talk about why you feel that's so important to have that kind of connection? Well, it's very important because there are nutrients and minerals in the soil. Um, a lot of people don't realize that um, there's vitamin B6 in the soil, actually. I forget the C word, co cobalt or something like that, um, that's in the soil. So when our ancestors used to say, put some dirt on it. That's literally <laughs> probably why, because it's healing. Like, I cut myself yesterday, and I was with a volunteer. She was like, oh, I have Band-Aids. I was like, no, I'm going to just put some dirt on it. <laughs> like, um, So it's just healing, you know. it has The soil has nutrients and minerals. That's why it's called soil and not dirt. And it's um, compost and things like that, because it's a, broke, it's a, a, it's a compilation of different things that have already broken down, and it's, it's very nutritious. What would you like people to know about what you're doing and how to have access to food now? Or is part of what you're doing helping people grow their own food as well? So can you talk about, I know you have your own farms and we should talk about those. Are you trying to get people to learn how to grow their own food as well? Um, yes, and it's more so about facilitation. So oh, okay. um, I think that the first thing that came to mind is that we're not recreating the wheel. There used to be a food truck coming out in Detroit. I actually was speaking to some, a Detroiter yesterday on the east side. She said that there was a fish truck that came out. There was a uh, fruit and vegetable truck that came <laughs> out. A guy from Georgia had peaches that he would come around and they would be consistently in the neighborhood. So that I literally told her that's exactly what we want to do. Although they're not around anymore, we just want to be consistent 
in the neighborhoods and have that presence and facilitate the distribution of the food that's already being grown. So if a farmer or a chef is actually growing food that they have a surplus of for their household, that, that we're a platform where they can distribute that produce. Um, and so we do facilitate it, but we we refer to other organizations like Keep Growing Detroit and um, Voices for Earth Justice and things like that for the educational piece. Mm-hmm. But we're we're the facilitation of the actual like food system. And where are your farms? So the Deeply Rooted Gardens is located at 2560 Chalmers, Chalmers and Charlevoix. That's a partnership with um, Neighborhood Grocery, Raphael Wright. And then um, we have uh, Auxiliary Farm um, on Young and Queen, 14874 Young. Um, and those are two different volunteer sites as well, if anyone's interested in coming out. I should mention that you were going to Wayne State University mm-hmm. and you were studying a, a, to be a, a kinesiologist. Mm-hmm. And you were also studying nutrition at mm-hmm. the same time. And that is an interesting way to have become a farmer Mm -hmm. and um, somebody who's really interested in providing a secure food supply in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell us what got you to go to Wayne State and study kinesiology and then how you got to this place. Right. So um, it was the money, to be honest. My mom, (laughs) uh, well, uh, I've been running track since I was eight years old. So I was recruited to run track at Wayne State to be their first like official class um, of recruits. And um, when was this? This was in 2017. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed at Wayne State all throughout um, my undergraduate and graduate degree. Um, and so I dabbled, you know, just like any other co- college student. I wanted to major. I wanted to double major or double minor in Spanish. I learned a lot about um, nutrition. Um, so I, I wanted to make that a minor. But I learned that some of the nutrition classes could be applied as electives for my major. So I just took whatever the guidance instructor, I mean, guidance counselors and my advisors in the athletic department, um, they just said, go for it. They just pushed me in whatever direction I said that I was interested in. And I just took as many classes as I could. I took summer classes and I fell in love with the knowledge around nutrition and food science. But I also found a disconnect with the access of that food here in Detroit. Um, And so that's what led me in that direction. So what? So you did graduate? Or mm-hmm. You graduated, and then you said, "All right, I'm going to become a farmer." Oh, so no, I was still in school. So <laughs> still in, in school 2016, when you yep, mm-hmm. in 2016, I started volunteering with the Detroit Biodiversity Network oh, okay. in the Nutrition and Food Science Department, and we found that. Well, they found it, and then I just started volunteering in food science building. There's a greenhouse that was multiple years old and no one had used it for years you know on the fourth floor in science hall and so it's like okay well what are we going to do here you know um but they wanted to grow native plants and put them on campus but I wanted to grow food because I knew you know exactly what my food um security you know background was my food insecurity pretty much um and so I started volunteering with them and then stopped this pause from Detroit Biodiversity Group um or network, they introduced me to Keep Growing Detroit. Oh, and so okay. then I started volunteering They're doing such them. great at Keep Growing right. Detroit, yeah. Exactly. So um, volunteer with Keep Growing Detroit. And once I started learning about transplanting um, food, I was like, oh, okay, I could do this. And yeah. a bag of seeds or a packet of seeds is about $2, and all the abundance that you receive is, is just amazing. Now, are you planning your future plantings based on what you're seeing absent in the nutritional 
uh, availability to Detroit? Like, are you looking at like, okay, you know, like things like, you know, kale or there are certain greens or fruits that, you know, obviously fresh fruits and vegetables are, are probably the, the, the hardest to get access to mm-hmm. in the city. Does that really dictate your plantings and your future plans? So what I see a disconnect in right now is a lot of access to um, high quality, like non modi fruit. So when I, when I was on campus um, going to different grocery stores, I'm not going to name them, but there's only one in the area. But um, the the blueberries would be super moldy each and every time, but cost about 4 or $5 right. um, for a pint. And so that's frustrating. Um, and then the pears, every every produce item, well, every fruit item that I've had to, that I've run into, bananas, pears, apples, most of them have to be harvested prior to their nu- peak nutritional value. They're harvested when they're not ripe. Pretty much, um, so that's the disconnect that I kind of see, and that that what that is what determines what we grow. Pretty yeah. much, um, that disconnect in the nutritional value, the kales, the collards, they're in abundance right now. A lot of people are growing them. Even when we go to farmers markets, they're like, "Oh, I have you know salad mix in my backyard and things right. like that." Um, they just so happen. If we do a Cherokee purple tomato or different varieties of tomatoes, then it's like, oh, wow, you know, peaking interest. Um, so we we want to dabble into different things that people don't really experience in those other produce items that are hard to find at peak ripeness. Because it is hard to distribute produce when it is ripe. I do understand the the operational decisioning uh, around distributing um not ripe, whatever the opposite of um, <laughs> ripe is in the produce world, um, but it's still, it's still not. You know, the value is more important to me. Yeah, worried about the bottom line. Celebrate 75 years of public radio in Detroit with WDET. As our spring fundraiser commences, let's unite to support what makes Detroit unique. 75 years of people-powered radio. Invest in WDET's next chapter at WDET.org or tap Donate in the mobile app. Talk about your parents Mm -hmm. and and their influence on you when it came to doing the kind of work that you're doing right now. It was your mom, right? Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, it's both of them. Like, they have... They have more uh, (laughs) agricultural roots than I've realized. Like getting into this work has made me closer to them, as I mentioned in the other um, interview, where it's like, okay, in my dad's household growing up in Ivanhoe, North Carolina, um, they couldn't live in the house unless you participated in weeding, harvesting, and um, just tending to the crops pretty much. And same thing with my mom. She said she was tired of pears because they only had pear trees on the house and they had chickens and whatever other animals. And um, so it's just in my blood pretty much. That's that's literally what it is. And I didn't realize that until I was drawn to it, until I was reintroduced to it. You know, and my favorite fruit is pears, like (laughs) or our pears. And um, when I was doing the agricultural program at Earthworks, um, I taste a Detroit pear for the first time and I never taste a, a most like delicious, juicy, flavorful, sweet, like evenly sweet, like just whatever type of descriptive <laughs> adjectives for phenomenal. It, it was it that. Was. So, yeah. And I don't know what my mouth is watering right now. Like, <laughs> I don't know what, you know, um, was reconnected in me, but it was like, I can't go back. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So when I go to grocery stores and there's unripe pears, I'm about to throw up because it's not ripe. You know, those chemicals in that food are not prepared for you to, you know, consume them if they're not ripe. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you're in tune with your body, it's going your body is going to give you signals so that you know you don't really eat it or you don't continue to eat it. So that's what we really are striving for just just high nutritional value. It's just a lot to think about it that is. people don't think about when they're when they're consuming food. It's mm-hmm. like is it is it, am I getting all the nutrition that I think I'm getting right. probably more often than it the case is that it, you're not. Mm-hmm. Um and to be able to think about food that way about eating it at that right time. Like I remember James you said one time if you're eating tomatoes outside of a couple of months, mm-hmm. you know, you're not getting yeah, anywhere you know, near. There's a lot of times there's more nutritional value in the cardboard of the box that <laughs> came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And a lot of people are just on autopilot. We have to wake up, go to work, mm-hmm. um, you know, or maybe actually wake up, drop the kids off to the babysitter, go to work. Right. Um, then, you know, maybe be exhausted, maybe be fulfilled, then get off of work, go pick up the kids, maybe prepare something, um, or you're heating up something, and just go to sleep, restart the process. Well, you know, our food system is broken down so far that we don't even, we're not even aware of seasonality. We don't Mm -hmm. even know what's growing. We don't even, you know, it should be second nature. You should go to the market and say, there isn't pears in May. Of course mm-hmm. not. Right. You know, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be grabbing, you know, an incredibly underripe. Right. And you can, you know, you can self-ripen pears, but mm-hmm. like most people don't know that. Who's buying a pear to let it sit on the counter for right. a week and a half? Exactly. So yeah, I mean, it's right. it's tough. You definitely have to educate yourself on what to eat. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, as you know very well, food is medicine. And if mm-hmm. you're if you're eating, you know, uh, poorly, you're going to be feeling and living poorly. You know, exactly. it's, it's investing in your, in your body is the right decision. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, I'm talking, or we are talking with Dasmanit Carr from Deeply Rooted Produce. If you want to find out more, go to deeplyrootedproduce.com and you'll be able to see what they have available and all of the information on all the great work that Dasmanit and her, how many people are working with you? Well, we're, we're reliant on volunteers mostly right now. So you always need those. Always. So always if you want to volunteer, yeah. yes. You, so like, you know, call, go on the website if you're interested in volunteering and learning how to grow too. Right, exactly. Because literally we had one volunteer yesterday and she was literally in the ruta to the tuta <laughs> like, <laughs> of the farming. Like I had to go to work um, at McKenzie. I work for Food Corps. So um, I went to work while she was still harvesting for the CSAs, um, and, you know, and went to the Chalmers Garden to weed and then came back to har- to pack the boxes, you know. So you'll be volunteering for us. You'll be in, in depth in the operations of the business because we just need that help. Um, but we do have some two consistent young ladies um, and that have been with us for years and they really right. just appreciate the purpose and the value of the business. So um, shout out to Ayana and Naima, you know, they're very, very helpful. So if you want to volunteer, if you want to learn more, if you want to get your hands in the dirt, which is really healthy and you don't have to go to the gym, if you do this, right. you're going to get, <laughs> you're gonna get all the exercise you need um, doing some really good things in the, in this city. So once again, deeply, deeply is the way to find out more about all the great work that Dasmonique Carr is doing and about volunteering or buying from the grocery store and being able to check in with them at the markets in which they bring their produce. Dasmonique, you're doing making Detroit better. Thank, Thank you. you so yeah, much. You. 
Our thanks to Dasmanit Carr for talking with us, to you for listening, and... We would like to thank LaMarca Prosecco for their support. From the hills of Veneto, Italy, you can never go wrong with Prosecco, whether it's in a spritz or drinking straight. Joan Isabella is our executive producer with producer David Lyons and assistant producer Lisa Brancato, editing by Rowan Nemisto. Production support provided by Studios on the Pond, original music by the Mallet Brothers. This is a production of WDET, Detroit's NPR station.